Well, I'm sure I'm not the only one here who has kind of been one of, uh, in one of those workplaces where you kind of feel like you do everything. Uh, not this workplace, of course, for me. I'm not saying that about this workplace. This is good. Uh, I do most things, not everything. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, but you know the ones where it seems like you know, all the big jobs go to you, uh, a bunch of the small things that no one else uh, seems to remember, they go to you, and there's a bunch of little random clean-up jobs that the magical clean-up fairies are supposed to do. They fall to you as well too. Uh, and so you go home and either someone at home has to hear, you whinge, or maybe it just kind of plays over in your head. All I do is just give, give, give. It's not a nice way to be, is it? It can be pretty tiring. Uh, if that's what uh, lots of life uh, feels like, whether it's kind of just day to day, whether it's after a hard week, or maybe as you hit retirement, it's no wonder that often uh, our feeling can be, uh, well, now it's, it's my turn. It's my turn to get something back. Which is understandable, isn't it? It's understandable, you know, after a bunch of hard work, who doesn't want a reward? And it's really easy for us to bring that kind of thinking into church life. You know, especially if you've had a really crazy week or, or month, uh, we can sometimes think, all right, now, uh, now I can come on Sunday and, and kind of just get looked after. Now it's my time. And while there is a, a sense of a church family being a place where uh, we'll be lifted up and, and encouraged as followers of Jesus, it's not just a place we go to be kind of recharged. We're in our last week this week of gospel-shaped worship. We're thinking about what worship means. Uh, what does it mean to be a Christian worshipper? You know, it's more than what's just happening here on a Sunday. It's more than uh, just praying to God. It's more than just a bunch of special ceremonies. Worship shaped by the good news of Jesus is a life that responds to just how precious Jesus is. And Jesus' value uh, should kind of mould how we think about doing things at church, uh, for church. How a Christian worshipper should not just go to church, but be church. And there's something that happens once you become a Christian that starts to, starts to change the view of doing things for others, isn't there? Yeah, there's this kind of uh, secure safety net uh, that removes the fear of being taken advantage of. Or in the words of Romans 12, there is mercy that allows sacrifice. This uh, letter, uh, written to the church in Rome, uh, spends the first 11 chapters kind of outlining and explaining uh, the gospel. That all people are sinful, that everyone deserves uh, punishment for their sin, but that anyone who trusts in the cross of Christ can be forgiven. Jesus gives new life, he gives a new spirit, a new eternity. Christian people's lives are no longer their own. They've been bought by God through the blood of Christ. And so after 11 chapters of kind of explaining what a Christian is and how the gospel works, chapter 12 of Romans says this in verse 1, Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. 
God's given mercy. He, he's treated people way better than they deserve. You know, the life that God has given to his people is a precious gift, a gift of God's mercy. And so God's people are to offer that new life as a gift for God's kingdom. You know, it's a bit of a strange turn of phrase, but they're to, to live as a, a living sacrifice, Paul says. This type of life where it's all, uh, all of it's kind of shaped by and given uh, to the work of God, that's what it means to show kind of proper respect and honour to God. Or as verse 1 finishes, this is your true and proper worship. See, before their lives were bought at a price, the cross of Jesus, uh, they used their, uh, their lives in whatever way they thought best. That was the, the old way, Paul says. Uh, your life is yours, you do your best with it. But not now, though. Now, Jesus has changed their mind. Romans 12, verse 2. Uh, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. The life of Christian worship is a life given in sacrifice. That's what real life is. But, you know, there can be this, this feeling that in kind of taking on uh, a serving role as kind of part of church, there can be a, a feeling sometimes that you actually end up missing out. That you end up missing out on the, on the service or missing out on the ministry that's going on. You know, you come here and you're on morning tea and so you miss uh, the last song. You're on welcoming and so you miss the first song. You're on music so you feel like you've got to concentrate really hard and you can't just enjoy it. Or maybe you're on kids' church or creche or maybe you're on the work of uh, reading the Bible and you're just really worried about messing up a word. Yeah, even that feeling each week, we sometimes get, oh, I'm on something again. You know, the truth is, we actually gather together as a church to be on something. We are living sacrifices. We, we need to remind ourselves and remind each other that serving is a normal part of worship. But it can be hard to get into that newly transformed way of life, can't it? You know, even here uh, at church, twice, uh, twice a year, and, and a bunch... Uh, of places around our community do the same thing. Uh, we have a, a thing called a working bee, which I think it's called that because when you come, you often feel like you get stung. Now, obviously, there are times when we focus on particular things, bigger projects, the gardens, uh, we're getting ready for our Christmas lights coming up. Now, there's times when our morning tea really kind of kicks it up a notch. We, we had one uh, not long ago that was really great. There was heaps of us here. We had some special stuff. It was fantastic. Here's the thing, though. The idea of a, a working bee is almost unusual in the New Testament. It appears that the, the normal thing is that God's people work together as God's people. For Christian worshippers, serving is the status quo. See, back in their day, in the, in the first century, they, they very much had servants and slaves. Uh, not slaves kind of in the, uh, the, uh, the way we might imagine African-American slavery, but still people who served the, the rich, the upper class. Uh, 
the, the Apostle Paul tells them that whether you are slave or master, servants, everyone is on a level playing field. They've all been given the same message of faith. There's no one above or below anywhere, uh, anyone else. Uh, see what he says in Romans 12, chapter three, uh, verse 3. For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. Yet not only does their body no longer belong to them, not only does their body belong to, to Jesus, but now uh, Christian people belong to each other. Every single Christian person belongs to every other Christian person. God doesn't just save someone and accidentally bring them into his church for no reason. No matter who, everyone in church has got a role, big or small, a role to play in serving others. From verse 4. For just as each of us has uh, one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. See, just like all the other places in the Bible that talk about the church, the assumption here is that everyone has something to offer. And whatever it is that they have to offer, they should do it. Not waiting around to kind of see exactly what's needed before they jump in, but taking what God has given them and using it for the good of God's people. And you know, not everyone has the same thing of the same use, of course, but everybody in God's family is absolutely useful. Verse 6 Paul says, we have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it's serving, then serve. If it's teaching, then teach. If it's to encourage, then give encouragement. If it's giving, then give generously. If it's to lead, do it diligently. If it's to show mercy, do it cheerfully. There's a, a bit of a change here, I think. A bit of a shift for us in how we kind of think about things. You know, I mean, the way we think about being kind of mature, grown-up Christians and doing Christian service or ministry. Which is good to hear, I reckon, you know, especially if you haven't been a Christian for very long. Or maybe you feel like you're not quite, uh, you know, up there with all the really uh, high-level churchgoers. You know, the, the New Testament and the, the early church they really didn't have a category of kind of become a Christian and then wait for a little bit and then help. No, in fact, playing a role in church life was a way to grow up as a Christian. You know, the word we use for helping someone grow up as a Christian is the word discipleship. And a key part of discipleship is helping people serve, helping people uh, use their life and give it as a living sacrifice. And doing that yourself. That's what the Bible would consider normal Christian life. Whether you're young or old, 
As a Christian, our worship means being the church by serving each other. Now, I reckon every uh, kid will remember a time when they got busted for doing something and they felt like it wasn't fair. They've been, uh, got in trouble for doing something and thought, man, this is not fair. And the reason they probably thought it wasn't fair is because it's something that their parents did. Now, it could be riding around in the paddock, uh, driving around with it, your seatbelt on, uh, not using your knife and fork at dinner time, staying up until midnight. And, and so the parents will say, well, don't do that. And so kids look at their mum and dad and they say, well, you do it. And then comes the response. Anyone know what it is? Do as I say, not as I do, isn't it? Which is enough to drive a kid crazy. Do as I say, not as I do. Now, the heart of uh, Christian serving is the precious way in which the Lord Jesus served. Everything he asks his people to do is absolutely something he would do himself. He was one who could do anything he wanted. But by nature, he was a suffering servant. If we flick over to John chapter 13, Jesus is just a day or so away from uh, his death and he's having uh, his last meal with his closest followers. And Jesus knows something they don't know yet. They don't get that he's about to die on the cross. And they also don't realise that, that one of them, one of the kind of closest uh, 12, will be the one to, to make sure that Jesus gets handed over to his executioner. In John 13 from verse 2. The evening meal was in progress and the devil had already prompted Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power and that he had come from God and was returning to God. He is Jesus, the creator of all who had come from God and was returning to God. What do you think would happen next at this meal? Now, what if it was, you know, here's King Charles, he was at this special dinner, he's from the palace, and we know that he's heading back to the palace after dinner. What would you expect to happen next? Well, here's the really amazing thing. The Lord Jesus, not in spite of being from God, but because he was from God, got down and served his followers. From verse 4. So he, Jesus, he got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing and wrapped a towel around his waist. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with a towel that was wrapped around him. Now, these aren't people who are kind of wearing work boots and socks. No, these are people who walked around in these tiny kind of leather sandals with little leather straps and their feet were covered in all kinds of filthy, dirty animal muck in the streets. And they're people who didn't kind of just sit up in a chair to eat dinner. They were always kind of reclining, lying down beside the table, laying sideways, you know, with their feet in the face of the person next to them. And so their filthy feet were normally cleaned by the slave or the children. But Christ... 
because he was from God and going to God, he became the slave. This is the true Jesus. This is true humanness. This is becoming who we really are as humans. That is someone designed to serve. John 13 goes on from verse 14 with Jesus speaking. He says this. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. Very truly I tell you, no servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than one who sent him. Now that you know these things, you'll be blessed if you do them. Yeah, the reason that those who worship the Lord Jesus serve others is because our Lord Jesus is the greatest servant. Gospel-shaped worship gives us the, the privilege of serving Jesus and serving his church. Brothers and sisters, our church family is not a place we come in order to kind of just get the spiritual goods and services that we need to, to fill up our Christian pantry. We're a lifeboat, not a cruise ship. We're a lifeboat, not a cruise ship. You know the difference, right? A cruise ship is a place you look forward to going with friends or family for a break. There's people there to look after the food. They clean, they kind of keep tidying everything up after you. And while they're kind of buzzing around doing everything, you're kind of there just relaxing, enjoying yourself, having a great time. And you know, whether or not it's this cruise ship, maybe that's not important to you, just as long as it kind of gives you what you're looking for and you get what you need. Of course, no one ever uses words like that when they're talking about church. But maybe you treat it like that. But church, this church, here at DPC, this church is not a cruise ship. It's a lifeboat. In a world that is sinking under the weight of sin, Jesus has plucked us and put us, uh, plucked us from death and put us together as his people. And right now it is all hands on deck as we keep going until we reach the shore. Working under Jesus to do what we can to, to pluck more and more people out of the, uh, the water. And so this lifeboat needs all hands on deck. And more than that, the thousands and thousands of people in Dolby, they need us to keep throwing uh, the, the ropes and the life rings and the vests, holding out our hands to show them the life-saving God. You know, there are a group of people here in our church who give so much in order to play their part in seeing people saved and grown and there are people who play more than their part. Yeah, uh, as I was talking to Mitch about uh, this uh, yesterday, he was telling me he did a bunch of uh, looking at uh, some stats on serving over the last little while. He says uh, that in the last month or so, 133 youth and adults 
played a role in serving at DPC. 133 adults and youth. Uh, 133 people responding to just how valuable Jesus is uh, by giving up their time in worship uh, and service to help others. And let me name, uh, I'm going to name a few of them, uh, much to their embarrassment, I'm sure, but we want to honour these people's uh, gospel sacrifice, those uh, people who have served at least two out of every three weeks. Two out of every three weeks. So here's a a short list of of some of the people. Uh, Jared Petherbridge, Daniel Skirman, Bonnie Pierce, Janet Cripps, Loretta Vickery, Lois Henning, Greg Cripps, Gaylene Trickett, Glenn Pumper, Jurgen Clapper, Beck Horden, Ray Pengelly, Desley Wilson, and Terry McCulloch. People have served at least two out of the last three weeks on average. And on top of that, there are another 22 people who serve kind of half the time, so once every two weeks. Uh, and that's fantastic. It's really incredible. And while that might be awkward for those people who feel like they're not doing it for the praise, it is incredible and we want to celebrate their uh, gospel uh, servant-heartedness. And, you know, uh, to those people, our DPC church family is so grateful to God for your sacrifice and your time. I don't know if you're doing uh, the math there, but it means something else too. Those numbers mean something else. You know, of the, uh, the 136 people who regularly serve, about 100 do it kind of one in three weeks. Once every three weeks, which, I mean, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. That's still pretty good. Once every three weeks, that's pretty good. 136 people serving once every three weeks. But there are 277 adults and youth who join us every month, on average, every month. 277 adults and youth. And so that means there are 139 people in that month who don't serve. 139 people who don't serve in any way over the course of that month. Now I know there are a small group of people who are too frail, maybe too sick uh, to serve. And that's fine. That's okay. We know that. And so that's fine. Sit on the lifeboat with us. Let us uh, look after you. Let us care for you. But there's no way that uh, it's more than half of our adults and youth. There's no way that that group of frail and people who are too sick is more than half of our adults and youth. Now, as awkward as it is to to say this, for gospel-shaped worshippers... Serving the body of Christ should be normal. Serving each other should be normal. Serving God together should be normal. And if it's not, you might need to ask yourself some questions about your worship. As we finish this series on gospel-shaped worship today, uh, we want to kind of remove one of the barriers uh, uh, to being a church, one of the barriers to kind of joining in and serving in some way uh, with God's people. And so today, uh, I'd love to encourage you, why don't you take a step to, to make a change and, and join with God's people in serving. You know, I reckon as, as ministry te- team leaders at DPC and as uh, a staff team, sometimes uh, we haven't made it really clear 
on how you can get involved. We haven't made it really clear on, on what it takes for you to join in a ministry team. Uh, but uh, bit by bit, we've kind of been chipping away and writing more stuff down and figuring out stuff, uh, forming teams, uh, teams that are led by a bunch of people, ordinary people in our church who uh, are really gifted and fantastic. And so we've given them a more responsibility and more uh, uh, power to do things and serve in our church. And it's been really great. And today we want to take a step to help you join us in worshipping God uh, by serving his people, by being the church with us. And so we've made these uh, sheets. Uh, They would have been on your chair. I think there's a a couple on every chair. These sheets should be there. If they're not, uh, there's a couple up at the sound desk if you want one of these as well too. A sheet that's got a list of places across DPC where uh, you might uh, serve. Maybe you're not quite sure what everything on this sheet is. Maybe you're not sure uh, where you could serve, but that's fine. Uh, This is a piece of paper that can help you to identify somewhere where you might uh, serve. And, and of course, uh, filling out anything on this sheet, it's not not signing you up to anything. You're not signing your life away here. But it does give us the chance to think about the next step together. And so fill it out. Uh, There'll be a box up in the foyer there. Fill it out. Put it in the box there. Uh, And of course, it's nearly the end of the year, so uh, we won't get back to you uh, until the new year about this stuff. But we want to be helping each other to be people of worship here at DPC. We want to be people who know the gospel message, a, a church who understands just how precious the Lord Jesus is, so that our Sunday, our Monday, and our forever is a life of gospel shaped worship. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, as we reflect on what you have done for us in the Lord Jesus, on your great mercy to us, Lord, it's really clear that the only appropriate response is for us to give our lives to you in worship. Father, we know that that's actually really hard. And so we're really thankful for those who serve so often and so well here at DPC. We're thankful for their sacrifice. Lord, we want to pray that you would help all of us to see the value of Jesus and of your church. That, Lord, we might be convinced that being part of serving your church and serving each other is just what Christian life is. Help us to remember that we belong to each other, that each of us is a part of the body that belongs to one another, that each has a role to play in your church, big or small. Lord, help us to be encouraged to take a step to to think about how we might serve our brothers and sisters in Christ, of how we might serve you, our great God, as we reflect, as we give thanks for what you've done for us in the Lord Jesus. Amen.